Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Just can't tell you how much I love the voice of the guy who does my commercial. It's awesome. And it's a fairly new commercial. I've only had it on for a few months. So every time I hear it, I'm still like, oh, I love him. He's great. So yay. And you guys have just popped in on the craziest, wackiest, wildest um, show possibly in the universe for podcasts and for live radio. Like, you could be listening to it on live radio or you could be listening to it in one of the podcast areas as well. It's called the Pleasure Zone. That's where you are. And that's pretty much what this planet for me is all about. Uh, you know, if we didn't have these bodies, we wouldn't have pleasure. Or maybe we would and we just don't know it. I don't know pleasure without a body. So I'm just saying this planet equals this embodiment equals pleasure equals pretty awesome. So I'm pretty grateful to be here be able to experience pleasure as much as we can experience sadness and all other feelings we experience as well. It's pretty cool that we can do that. Pretty excited today, actually, that we're having a really cool conversation about something very unusual. And I have to say, this is a conversation that I didn't even really think about, uh, even though I've known people in these situations, I have never had a conversation with somebody about today's topic, which is mixed orientation relationships. And I actually have a, an amazing guest on tonight. She's an expert in this. Her name is Aideen T. Finola, also known as Sweet 80. I just call her Sweet 80. She's my sister goddess, Sweet 80. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about mixed orientation relationships. And whether you've ever heard of them or not, you're going to find out about them. And we're going to be diving into what that is. What is, you know, mixed orientation relationship? And also, Sweet 80's got some pretty uh, great support systems um, that she's created for people with personal coaching and group coaching and different things. So this is very fun to talk to somebody who's not only an expert in knowing about this field, has lived it, but she's also uh, got... Um, different things to support people while they're going through changes or awareness of this relationship. So Aideen's an empowerment coach, she's an author, speaker, and she's also a radio show host here on Inspired Choices Network. Her show is called In Pursuit of Truth. She's an unapologetic and empowered survivor and thriver uh, after being, you know, having physical, emotional, psychological, and religious abuse. I know that's something that a lot of people don't often talk about, but religious abuse is a big one. Um, she was raised in a religious cult for the first few decades of her life and was unex unsuspectingly married to a closeted gay man for her life's next two decades. 
So she has a lot of experience with this topic tonight, uh, with varying degrees of expressions of untruth that she lives through. And these experiences fueled her pursuit of truth to the point of a full-on passion. And some might even call it a bit of an obsession. And Aideen is so awesome. She's actually written a book. For those of you who um, don't know this, she she is the author of a book called My Exquisite Purple Life. You can get it. She's we've got links in the in the show description on Inspired Choices Network for this episode. You can get the links to her uh, to her Audible. I personally love her voice, so I would get it on. Uh, listen to it on audio, listening to her speak is really awesome. I listened to it with a friend of mine, Christine McIver, who is the CEO of Inspired Choices Network. We were listening to 80s book one day in the car while driving around looking for great restaurants. So that was a lot of fun. And 80 has, she's just like, she has so many experiences in her life that are going to contribute to the show today coming from different perspectives, uh, different human experience. And she knows that really that truth can only exist within ideas and experiences that are both workable and enjoyable. And that's really what her coaching comes down to with her clients. So it's all about them finding their own truth by investigating outside the conventional parameters of shoulds and shouldn'ts and all that special jazz. So, Sweet 80, how's it rocking and rolling in your world? And welcome to the Pleasure Zone where all things are crazy. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so happy to be here. So, so, so excited. I I love that you're on my show because the first time I heard you speak, we were actually doing a, a preparation uh, call for a series that Christine was doing for her radio shows, um, and it was... It was uh, inspired by an event that we went to in February in New York where we became sister goddesses because everybody, all 800 and something of us, are now sister goddesses. Um, and every other woman who chooses yeah. to acknowledge that are too. So you get to officially say you're my sister goddess on this show. And I titled you my co-host. Sometimes I put people down as a guest, but you truly are my co-host tonight. Uh, you are a host on this station, and um, I would rather acknowledge you as a co-host than as just my guest. So uh, we're going to be playing this show together, and we're going to be exploring this topic because I don't see myself as an expert in this topic in any way. Uh, so I'm really here out of curiosity to learn from you and to find out all kinds of things about mixed orientation relationships. So my one first question to you is, what exactly is this thing called a mixed orientation relationship? Oh, that's an excellent question. And it's funny, Melissa, because um, it is a, an experience that thankfully is fairly rare. And it, 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 unfortunately, it's even though it's rare, it's not talked about very much. And that has to do with the general societal shaming around the LGBTQ community. And that, you know, kind of dominoes over to those of us who do end up in a mixed orientation relationship. And a mixed orientation relationship is a relationship between two people who have different 
sexual orientations and or gender identities. So when a cisgendered heterosexual man or a woman ends up in a relationship and um, generally most of the time, the majority of these relationships, there is not disclosure. Every once in a while, you will have two people come together with full disclosure and consensual agreement that they do want to be in a relationship even though they don't have compatible sexual orientations or gender identities. And that's a different, that's a different ballgame. But the mixed orientation relationship that I experience and that I work with clients, I, I work with clients who are more commonly known as straight spouses. They are um, men and women who have discovered that they are in a relationship with a closeted LGBTQ person. Amazing and interesting. I, When you're talking about that, a few people in my life have come to mind, and one of them is a, a friend of mine who was a roommate of mine in university, and she did um, openly marry a, a Oh, I don't know if I can actually say this. Well, I'm not going to name names. So a girl I know <laughs> married somebody who was gay in her first marriage. Um, and they did that mm -hmm. particularly was for the situation where she was living in another country and she needed to have residence either. And so they openly mm -hmm. did that. Strangely, it was very open when they got married. And then about three weeks afterwards, he just up and left and didn't like leave any trace or sign or and they had like acknowledged they would both have their own like separate lovers on the side. He just really said that he like like adored her as a person and would be willing to like, you know, create a life and all this stuff. And then he up and left her three weeks later. So that was hmm. different. So there was definitely something that wasn't disclosed, although the orientation was initially disclosed. And then, come to think of it, I actually knew somebody that my mom went to high school with who also had a relationship. Um, so he was he identified as um, male and as homosexual, although he was in not necessarily a religious cult, but in a pretty strict Christian religion. Um, they are like uh, they're kind of like Mennonites. But not. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he was a brethren in Christ is what they actually are. They're called brethren in Christ. Mm -hmm. So he grew up in that yeah. uh, Christian denomination. And he married a woman who identified as female and identified as lesbian as well. So there were two people who were gay being married to each other. Also worked for them in a way because their cultures, their religious cultural backgrounds didn't really agree with them living a gay lifestyle. So they kind of used this as a mask or a front. And this was in the 80s um, to to have their their lives and to have children, which was yeah. uh, very interesting and very confusing for me. The first time I met them, I was like seven or eight and I was like but he's gay, right? Like, I knew about gay because my mom had a lot of gay friends, but I'm like, he's gay, so why is he married to her? <laughs> so that was, mm -hmm. like, really confusing to me. I'm sure it was really confusing to a lot of people who knew what was going on. Yeah. So I'm wondering about not just the people who are in the relationship, like you being in the relationship with a closeted gay man, how does it affect 
that people, you know, from your perspective, like when you're coaching with people, what do you see the effect is on their family and their, whether they have children involved or any of that? Like, how does that impact their children, this lie that is never being talked about? Boy, that is a that is an excellent question, Anna. Um, you know that that answer to that could, could just go on forever. You know, there there is the uniqueness of what the, what the lie involves because it's clo- you know closeted lesbian or gay sexual orientation and or uh, transgendered. Um, you know, identity. So that has its own uniqueness to it. But if we can just be broader to say that a lie of that magnitude of any kind in a foundational relationship, the the relationship that is the foundation of the family, i.e. the marriage relationship, that is there's just no way for that not to be problematic. It's like a crack in the foundation of a house. And it will it, it will show up in all kinds of ways. Everything is going to be a bit off. The walls are going to be mm-hmm. a bit crooked. All the pictures in the house, none of the pictures are going to hang straight. None of the doors are going to close the right way, you know, et cetera. I mean, I know that's kind of an analogy, but... Um, it and i would say one of the greatest areas of damage that i have seen with my clients and it also occurred in my own um family dynamic with my two daughters i have two daughters who are adults now they're 21 and 25 what i would say was the greatest problem in our family dynamic was the fact that I was accepting and sustaining a low level of abuse and neglect that Mm. for myself personally pushed me into a space of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, drinking a lot. Um, I was very overweight and I was very suicidal. I was on a very high dose of antidepressants because I was very suicidal. So I became the symptom bearer of the underlying wow. disease. You know, I was the I was the wall of the house that had the most crooked pictures and the most cracks in it, if that makes sense. And my children Absolutely. grew up in that. My my daughters grew up in that. And I don't know if I would be able to even quantify the impact of that on them. So I, I don't know how, how well that answers your question, but yeah. I think the description about the crack in the foundation, I think, is a great one because we don't actually know what happens when there's a crack in a foundation. It could lead to massive destruction. It could lead to all kinds of things. So I really love how you describe mm-hmm. that. Um, because I think that is it really can show you that there's a number of different ways that it can impact marriage and other people's mm-hmm. lives, everybody around you. Um, we're actually scheduled for our first commercial break. We are going to head to our first commercial break. And I would like to, when we come back, I'd actually like to ask you a little bit about um, something really kind of deeply personal because here we are on the pleasure zone. But mm-hmm. out of curiosity, I'd like to just ask a little bit about what was it like 
your sex life. What was your sex life like with somebody um, who was a closeted gay person? So I wanted to give you a second to kind of yeah. <laughs> like feel that before before I jump yeah. into it. So I thought this would be great. Let you know what I'm going to ask you when we come back. Um, you are listening to The Pleasure Zone, everyone, here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaJelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. And sweet 80, welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. Today we're talking about mixed orientation relationships. And just before break, I just gave uh, 80 a little bit of warning that I was going to ask her some personal questions about her sex life with a closeted gay uh, man. And I'm just wondering, what was that like for you? And like, in terms of, um, I'm trying to like formulate this question. I'm like wondering, like physically, did your body respond energetically? How are things emotionally? Was there a connection? I uh, like the question is so loaded for me. I just, if you can like give me as much as you possibly have on this, I would love to hear about it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. And and by the way, I'm grateful that you asked this question because it's a question that is on everyone's mind. Everyone wants to know about that, and it doesn't bother me in the least. And in fact, I addressed this a part of the experience in a lot of different ways and from a lot of different angles in my memoir. So I guess the, the place where I can start is that when when people when you ask what was it like to have 
sex with a closeted gay man. Let me preface it by the fact that I was raised in a religious cult. Now, my ex-husband was not raised in the same religious cult, but he was raised in a very, very strict um, fundamentalist Protestant denomination such that we basically were coming from the same place in terms of lack of sexual education, lack of sexual experience, and then a significant amount of sexual repression. So we were both virgins when we got married. And so, you know, here you have two people who know absolutely nothing about sex whatsoever. Um, and then one of them doesn't want to be having sex. And so, like, so there's a bunch of different ways I can come at this. But um, for me to try and explain what my experience of him was like is that, which, by the way, it took me a good decade to be able to even put my finger on what was wrong. I knew that something was wrong, but it took me forever to what the heck is wrong. So when boys are young, you know, when they're in grade school or whatever, girls have cooties, right? And boys who are born with a heterosexual orientation, eventually there comes a day, a magical day around age, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, 15, somewhere in there as they're transitioning into adolescence when they realize all of a sudden girls don't have cooties anymore. In fact, girls are pretty fucking Mm -hmm. awesome. (laughs) But because my ex-husband was not born with a heterosexual orientation, he was born with a homosexual orientation, that never happened to him. And so basically it was like having sex with a closeted gay man is like having sex with a pre-adolescent boy who still thinks that oh. girls are yucky have and have cooties. Yeah. Nice. And and I guess, I mean, that's, you know, maybe the most simplified way I can explain it, but I think it nails it pretty well in terms of, um, in terms of the damage and the wounding that it did for me and does for any straight spouse, whether they're a man or a woman, to be in bed with someone who is um, naturally repulsed by your body and by your gender, by your physical body and by your gender. When my ex-husband and I had been married, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 years we were taking a bath together and we had a large soaking tub in our master bathroom and we were taking a bath together and never mind the fact that we were in the tub naked together for an entire hour and he never even touched hmm. so much as my big toe, much less any other wow. part of my body. What what happened was, or, or the, the discussion that arose, what I said to him was, I said, you know, I didn't grow up with brothers, and so I didn't take baths with other boys, like little boys when I was a kid, and I didn't run around naked with little boys, and I didn't really have, you know, so when I was an adult before I saw a naked male body, and what I said to him was, I said, you know, um, don't get me wrong, I love your cock and balls, but sometimes they look kind of odd to me. You know, they just look kind of, it's just kind of different to me. And and I asked him, I said, what do you think when you look at a pussy? 
Now he would never say the word pussy. Um, mm-hmm. That was, you, you know, he, he <laughs> that's, the, yeah, I did. And <laughs> that was something that, you know, those are words that straight men enjoy using because it indicates sex play and it indicates sexuality. But yeah. he didn't ever, he only used clinical terms because remember, you know, the girls have cooties. So I asked him, what do you you think when you look at my pussy? And he said, well, when I look at your vagina, I see an undeveloped phallus. Really? That's fascinating. But that's new. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because, (laughs) yes. Yeah. And when I confronted him about it actually years later because I was so dumbfounded and mystified by his response that it it did I didn't get it you know like I just thought that is the weirdest thing to say and I don't even understand that and years later I confronted him about it and he said well you know what I was referring to the fact that you know the fetus as it's developing all fetuses are they present physically, anatomically as female until the testosterone washes over the brain if it's an XY chromosome, et cetera. And I said, Mm -hmm. that is, I said, but that was not the context of what I was asking you. I wasn't asking you about fetal development. I was asking you, what do you think when you look at my pussy? And, and I, but, and it was the interesting thing is that I relayed that conversation, like I said, years later when it kind of hit me, I relayed that conversation to one of my closest friends who was an out gay man. And he, this friend of mine, Felipe, and I, I had said to Felipe, I'd been, this was about the time that I was starting to piece it together finally. Like, oh my gosh, I think that, I think the problem is this guy is gay. And so I had mm-hmm. said, I was, you know, I had this running dialogue with Felipe and asking his thoughts, et cetera. And I told him this conversation and I said, Felipe, I rest my case. He's gay. And Felipe mm-hmm. was like, well, I, um, and he goes, I got nothing. And then Melissa, he started weeping and I was so alarmed, and I was like, Felipe, what, 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 why are you crying? Because I was kind of laughing about it, like, how ridiculous is this? This is what my husband said to me about my pussy. This is so ridiculous. And Felipe starts weeping, and I was like, what, 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 what's wrong? And he said, 80, he was telling you that there is something wrong with you, and there's nothing wrong with you. Because what my ex-husband was saying to me was, you are lacking a cock. He wasn't saying, you're a woman, you are complete, and you are a woman, you have... You know, you have a pussy. Of course you have a pussy. You're a woman. No, he said what you have is the absence of a cock. You, what you have between your legs is an, a, an AWOL cock. You know, it's a missing cock is what you have uh-huh. between your legs. So I don't, I, I hope that kind of, um, yeah, you know, that I, is I a hope really... that helps you to understand not only the dynamic of it, but also the pain and the wounding that is involved in that experience because it, it's not fun. It is not fun to be on the receiving end of that. No, to basically say that you're you are not in a way you're not good enough and you don't measure up is 
Right. In a way, that's what they're saying, right? Which, yeah, that's if even if your lover was the same orientation as you and they said that, that would hurt. No matter who says that to you as a lover, that's painful. I've had so-called straight lovers say that to me as well, but I also think that they weren't fully straight either. (laughs) But not that I was was lacking, I wasn't Asian, so that was the issue, that I wasn't Asian enough. I'm like, but Uh. I'm not Asian. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand. Well, that. yeah. So it's very similar. That's a very, yeah, that's a very good analogy because basically he was saying I wasn't male enough and I'm saying, yeah, yeah. but I'm not male. You know, that's very much, very similar to what your experience was. Yeah, so it's pretty funny how, funny and sad actually, how we can, we as hum- human beings, how we actually find ways to, make other people, you know, to be very diminutive with people, to try and make them smaller than Mm -hmm. us somehow, to, like, make ourselves feel Mm -hmm. better, right? It's always, like, that approach for telling somebody they're not good enough is always because they are definitely lacking something in their life where they don't feel good enough. It's always that projection, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have a partner that's telling you that, and it doesn't click in for a while, and then you finally get it, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, probably because everything else has been really insidious in ways that you haven't noticed mm-hmm. it, and it's been kind of creeping in, right? Like words here and there, and you finally like realize the whole picture after, and you're like, wow, I just swam through an ocean of of abuse for like 30 years. When I yes. just didn't even know. I was just swimming in water, but you didn't realize you were swimming in abuse and practically drowning in it. But you were making your yeah. way across that ocean, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. Uh, Well, you know, and, and I was just going to say, I, I just want to slip this in there. But one thing I want to say is that, you know, he he was saying that I wasn't good enough, which is fascinating because that actually would not have been a problematic statement if he were being honest about his sexual orientation. Because as... Mm. A heterosexual, as a heterosexual woman, and I have had experiences with other women, and I came to the conclusion that it, for me, was not good enough. Didn't mean that they weren't good enough. It had to do with mm-hmm. me because I was aware of my heterosexual orientation, and so for me to be with another woman is not good enough because I am attracted to men. And so that would have been fine for him to say that if he were being honest about it, if he were out and being honest and um, having integrity about his sexual orientation instead of making me the problem, which is where the abuse came in. So I just wanted to slip that clarification in. Yeah. Yes, thank you for that. And yes, it's something to um, acknowledge to I wanted to just point out that I love that you actually just chose for the sake of um, your own journey to experiment with women to see for yourself what was true for you. And really because your life is about the pursuit of truth, um, you can't Mm -hmm. can't really age fully with the pursuit of truth without everything available to you, right? So I, I love that you, yeah. you absolutely walked your walk on that one and really, like, dive into what is true for you. Um, for 
those of you who are just joining the conversation right now, I'm speaking with Aideen Tifanola. She's actually the author of um, a book called My Exquisite Purple Life, which is about her whole life, which also includes her mixed orientation relationship uh, marriage. And we're diving into what that is, um, how she was aware that she was in one, what the sex was like, because everybody wants to know. And what I'd actually like to know is not that a comparison of lovers per se, but I want, I would like to really like look at for you when you did have sex with somebody who was uh, of heterosexual orientation, was there, was there something that you could say, oh, now I get it. Like this is actually what, this is what feels like different than the marriage situation? Was there like a defining sensation or experience that you had that have you go, uh, this is what heterosexual sex is like? So I'll let you yeah. think about that for a minute. <laughs> We're going to head off okay. to our second commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melissa Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melissa Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at milicayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. Today we're talking about mixed orientation relationships with my co-host and friend, Aideen Tifanola. And we're having a great conversation today. For those of you who are just jumping in now, I think you really want to listen to the first 35 minutes where we got pretty juicy on the sex topic, which is all about why we're here, right? Let's face it. 
Um, but we are going to delve into a little bit more of that conversation. Before we do, though, I would love it if you could share with us, Adi, a little bit about some of the programs you offer for people who are finding themselves in mixed orientation relationships. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for um, that opportunity because I have um, a program that actually is starting a week from today. And I have created a, an eight-week-long school. I call it school. It's called MOR, so Mixed Orientation Relationship. It's MOR Recovery School. And the reason why I call it school is because my very first degree was in secondary education. And I taught high school for about four years. And then I've also taught at the college level. And so I'm just a natural born teacher. I'm now a life coach and a public speaker, etc. But um I it, I love teaching, and so when I wanted to create, I wanted to pull together everything that I had learned from my own personal recovery journey of healing, from the very unique and finely nuanced wounds of my own mixed orientation relationship experience, pull that together with my more than five years of experience of working with straight spouses, helping them to heal from mixed orientation relationships in conjunction with my professional life coach training and, you know, my teaching background and bringing it all together. And it's an eight-week online course that includes individual coaching as well as group coaching as well as there's a a workbook five exercises every single week we have a private facebook group etc so and that is starting a week from today and registration for that closes this friday so if you are a if you have discovered that you're in a relationship or have been in a relationship with a closeted LGBTQ person, it is a tremendous space to come together with other people who understand that experience. So uh so check that out. Go to my website adentfanola.com. There is a tab on my website that says M O R recovery. And there is still time to get registered for that. This is the last time that MOR Recovery School will be offered for 2019. So, yeah. I also do, as well as that program, I also just do, yeah, individual coaching with straight spouses. And so, yeah. Thank you for asking. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because... Uh, I'm sure, and I know that anybody who's listening to this and saw the title and got intrigued by this um, either has experienced it in some degree or know somebody who has, so definitely pass on the information to everybody and anybody you know so they can get in on this opportunity, which um, I think can just open the possibilities of your life once you start to acknowledge what's going on, once you start to go through the recovery Realize that you're not as jacked up as you thought you were, maybe not as crappy a lover as you thought you were, because I'm sure those things come up too. So I'm just curious, uh, Adi, after you had like your first heterosexual relationship, did you like realize that you were like a rock star in bed where before you were like, what, what, what am I so like gross? Like, what is this? Oh, that is so funny. So, um, Gosh, I don't know if I would say I had that experience right away. So I, I, 
I think like most people on the planet, you know, we, I think all of us are born with really healthy sex drives. It's just culture and our everything with our religion, everything that can really squash it. But for whatever reason, my sex drive was fairly um, indomitable. Like I... I have been masturbating since I don't know when, like since the very beginning of time in my life. And <laughs> I think I was eight Me years too. old. <laughs> I think I, I was yeah. four. Well, and I think I was, I was, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm going to say I had to have been masturbating from, even from that age. I do know that I was eight years old when I had my first orgasm. That one I remember. And however long before that I started masturbating, I don't know. But once, I discovered how to give myself an orgasm. Well, there was no reason. I couldn't see any reason not to do that, except for the fact that it was a sin <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to do it. So, so I would masturbate <laughs> every single night and then get out of my bed and get down Beautiful. on my knees and ask for forgiveness. That was, yeah, that was such a mind. Whoa, but that's so hardcore. The crazy thing was, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I didn't want to go to hell. So. <laughs> But I, well, that's but great, I but like I love that you just kept freaking doing it. Every night, you just kept doing it anyway. You're like, I'm going to hell, but fuck, I can't help myself. I've got yeah. to do this. I don't even know what I it know. is, but I know it's wrong. But it's so right, but it's I so know. wrong. Awesome. I know. It's um, so crazy. I didn't so, ever pray so I, I, But the funny thing was I, yeah, well, we were I didn't know it was, it was a horrible, horrible thing. Nobody talked about it in my family, so it wasn't happening. So masturbation didn't even exist, uh-huh. so I didn't even know it was. A, and everything I ever heard about it was in another language, so I didn't even know what it was. It was like Serbian yeah. churches in Serbian understand what they were saying if they did talk about it. So I was off the hook. I just masturbate my way to, to hell every day. It's going to be good. Nice. It's going to be A-OK. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, and I'm so sorry. So you knew lady. what pleasure felt. Remind me of the question. You wanted you yeah, were, no, you wanted me to um, about what was it like? Oh, because you said if I were a if I were a sex goddess when I finally did like, have straight sex. So, what's that? Were you like a rock star of so, sex when you had heterosexual sex? Well, no, because the. I got married when I was 23, and I actually, I had two affairs in my marriage, and my first affair, I was actually 26. I was only three years into my marriage when I had the first affair that I had, and that was the first time that I had heterosexual sex. So even though I had been having intercourse with a man, it wasn't heterosexual sex, and what I did experience was that I I experienced a naturalness to it that I had never experienced before, you know. And so everything that I had been trying to do with my closeted gay man, all of a sudden, you know, which and I say trying to do, I, it wasn't like I knew that much, you know. I really didn't. I didn't own a vibrator. I didn't know what. I didn't even know what a dildo was. I didn't. I don't think I even knew what anal sex was. I mean, I, I had a very, very limited, but I was very curious and I wanted to play and all the rest of that. 
So then when I ended up in bed with this man that I had an affair with, everything that I naturally wanted to do, I don't think I, I don't even know if I had ever, I don't even know if I had sucked cock at that point. And I know my ex, he did go down on me like every once in a while, but man, if you if you don't like pussy, you sure as hell don't want to eat it, you know. And so what, even if he mm-hmm. did, it wasn't like he had any enthusiasm. So to be with this man, to be in this uh, space and in this experience where anything that I wanted to try or do was so well received and celebrated, whereas like when I, the first time I wanted to uh, suck my husband's cock my closeted gay husband's cock he forbid me to do that because he didn't want a woman going down on him now i don't know any man gay or straight who will you know refuse a blowjob but it like right? that's the only thing i can compare it to is if you are if you're a heterosexual man you love getting a blowjob but you probably don't want to get a blowjob from another man and that i'm guessing is where <laughs> my ex-husband not. was coming from was like yeah i don't i i love would love a blowjob but not from a woman because because my ex-husband is mm-hmm. just really 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 on one end of the spectrum he's not fluid in his sexuality no matter how many times he has had sex with a woman his orientation is very very gay as in he really wow. doesn't like women even though he's had plenty of sex with them so I really wish for him that he could find pleasure in sex. Just, I think that would be a really groundbreaking yeah. experience for your ex. I think yeah. I would really like that for everybody. So for like anybody who's listening out there and, you know, they're identifying with some of these things that AD is talking about, you know, you might want to have some conversations and maybe your partner will be very honest with you. Maybe they're looking for something different. Maybe... Maybe it's your pheromones, too. Some pheromones just don't jive with other pheromones, and that's okay. So it's always good to have a conversation, though. I'm a huge, huge fan of have the conversation. If something's coming up, definitely talk about it. Uh, And not everybody's willing to either, and that's a pretty good sign, too, that if something's going on and they're not even willing to go there, uh, there might be an issue. So we are going to continue this conversation. We're heading into our third commercial break now. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 
21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelanić.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzajelanich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. Today I'm talking with my co-host, and she's actually uh, got her own show here on Inspired Choices Network as well, called In Pursuit of Truth. Her name's Aideen Tifanola, and we're talking about mixed orientation relationships. For those of you who missed the last 40-some minutes, you've missed some pretty juicy bits about all kinds of great yummy uh, sex things that were yummy and both not yummy for her, but certainly helped her identify what was going on in her marriage uh, so that she knew that, hey, it wasn't all about her. It was actually about her husband not really being interested in women. It's helpful to know that. It's a pretty helpful thing to know. So I'm just curious if you have some hints or tips that you can give the listening audience today on things that might help them to identify, you know, sometimes your relationship is just not working because there's other things going on, but how can you, what are some identifying factors that help you know that this is actually because your partner is on the LGBTQ spectrum? Oh, gosh, Melissa, that is an excellent question and unfortunately a tricky one, you know, because um, some of those more stereotypical things that people, you know, like when people say, oh, he's so gay or she's, you know, so gay or whatever, um, those aren't necessarily correct. So, you know, because my ex-husband, he... I don't believe that he's a very convincing straight man, but he's not a flaming gay man. He's not like he's a queen or anything where he really stands out. The thing that I would say, if someone is questioning, you know, if if a man or a woman is questioning um, the person that they're in a relationship with and whether or not they're a closeted LGBTQ person, I wouldn't necessarily pursue thinking about does that person fit the stereotypes of someone who's lesbian or gay. I would actually flip the coin and look at it from the other direction is how straight do they seem to you? Because I think you might get more information looking at it that way because like I said, with my ex-husband, he was able to repress 
so much of the expression of his homosexual orientation. But what he was a lot worse at doing and a lot less successful at doing was at pretending that he was straight. So although he, you know, he was pretty good at covering up any telltale signs of being gay, he was really no good at at actually pulling off being a straight man. Does that make sense? It does to me. So for those of you who are in the listening audience who are like, I don't really know what she means, you can always you know, hang around some people, hang around a group of, or even go to a, a gay club if you like, to experience with the culture of being in a, a club with LGBTQ people there, then you would kind of get the vibe of what energy of what that is, what that orientation is. Mm-hmm. And then hang out with a bunch of very straight friends of yours who, you know, who you, mm-hmm. you know, who have, who the guys were like, oh, yeah, I had that pussy last night. And the girls are like, oh, yeah. And they're like giant cock lovers. Like, you kind of know when when a woman is like going on about the big C a lot, she's probably she's probably more uh, towards the heterosexual. Right. So you can kind of tell some conversations yeah. will come up and some people talk about nothing. And there are asexual people in the world, too. So not to leave them out of the conversation and some people are just not interested. And that's okay, too. So it's not to make anybody... And and none of this conversation that Adie and I are having is to make her ex wrong or make people in these relationships wrong because a lot of times they have not even come to terms with it themselves and they don't even know. So their lies, they're they're, they're lying to themselves, really. Um, And and Mm -hmm. as a result, they're lying to everybody else. So... You know, we got to kind of give them a little space and acknowledgement. It's like, wow, they're not even at the place yet that they can see that either. So we have about 30 seconds left, and I want to give that over to you, Adi, to let people uh, know how to find you again, uh, how to connect with you. Okay. And I also want to thank you for being on the yeah, show. Uh, oh, Melissa, thank you so much. This has been such a treat. And anyone who needs this connection, you can find me at adeentfanola.com. I do offer a complimentary con- uh, connection conversation, which you can schedule through my website. If you think that you are a straight spouse or you, if you know you're a straight spouse and you want that connection. Awesome. Everybody stay tuned in and turned on till next week. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.